You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Thursday, July the 6th, 2023. I am Ruben. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. I apologize. We are coming to you a little bit late. The Dean has already been paddled. We have taken <laughs> care of that. I want to thank everybody, though, first and foremost, for the month of June, the Bucknuts podcast, Nuts Morning 5. Add more subscribers this past month than any other podcast in the 24-7 Sports Network. And you know what that means. We have to defend our title this month. I've heard a lot of smack talk by the Michigan and Georgia podcast teams that they're going to us this month. Your responsibility as a good bucknutter, you push pause and push subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can move on with us in glorious fashion. And we can build as we build our winning vibe back to the game when the guys will do it on the field for us for real. So, lots of recruiting to talk about. Got the two guys to do it. Mark Porter and Bill Kerlick are here. Gentlemen, Ohio State is looking at the clock and adjusting for West Coast time and thinking, or is Arizona on mountain time? I don't know the answer to that, but I will say this. At 3 p.m. time today, Arizona defensive back Miles Lockhart will make his verbal commitment known to the people. Bill Kerlick, will Ohio State be adding to its class? Well, first of all, uh, Arizona right now, at least uh, Chandler, Arizona, um, Miles Lockhart goes to Bassa High School, Chandler, Arizona, and um, he is announcing at 12 noon his time, which is 3 p.m. Eastern time, Eastern time today. Um, and I have had him crystal ball to Ohio State since, uh, gosh, I think February 12th, I think it was, uh, when Blair Angulo and I, he Blair is one of our West Coast guys at 247 Sports, got together to put that pick in, and uh, I'm riding with the pick. Um, I'm staying with him announcing for Ohio State. Ohio State was his only official visit, though he has approximately two dozen scholarship offers, Oregon and, of course, the Arizona schools, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, 3 o'clock today, he makes his announcement. Your thoughts on him as a prospect? Uh, he's not the defensive back that most have been discussing, given the fact the uh, Bryce West is in and everyone's on Aaron Scott watch. I wonder how many people have uh, alerts set up with that name. 
how do you think he fits in as a prospect? Well, yeah, State's as you can see in the awesome. – Oh, go ahead, bro. Good. Well, I was just going to say, High State has recruited him as a, a nickel corner. Uh, some rec- schools have recruited him as an offensive player, a really good offensive player too. Uh, but he would fit in perfectly if things happen the way many people think they're going to happen. That is, Bryce West is an outside corner, and um, Aaron Scott, who will announce his decision on July 30th, is an outside corner, and they've recruited Miles Lockhart as an insider nickel corner, so he would fit in perfectly. The other two guys that they certainly would love to add to get a fourth corner are Zabian Brown, who, by the way, announces uh, on July 9th from California, and Kobe Black, who has not set an announcement date from Texas. Uh, those guys are outside corners as well, so Miles Lockhart would fit in perfectly. So I'll let you go, Mark. Yeah, yeah Mark, as you can see, see in the background there. Yeah, we kind of conveniently have him playing. So if you don't want to look at my face, you can peek at that. Uh, he has a great highlight film where it just keeps going, where if you're a guy like me and you're saying, hey, I want to put the top plays at the beginning, you have a lot to choose from. Uh, he's a real bursty, type, quickness type guy where he makes a lot of plays on the ball at the last second. He's coming in and batting a lot of things down. Uh, what I really like about him is the way he, I want to say, almost shoots into the backfield or shoots and, and throws on uh, – ball carriers and takes their legs out. He's very aggressive throwing his head in there. Uh, I always love when I see a guy that throws his face in there as a tackler, especially a cornerback. Uh, Yeah, he could be the slot corner, which means he's got a little safety in him because he'd have to take on some run responsibilities up there, but he's got that. But he is really a polished corner, and he's got all the speed and jitter and everything to stay with those inside guys. As I'm watching this tape for the second or third time, I'm really starting to see that burst and that – that dive to the ball where the more he does make a lot of plays and yeah, they're at the last second, but a lot of guys aren't getting there even at the last second to make those plays. So that's the type of player he is. I mean, Ohio state had identified him early on, probably a little bit earlier than the rest of the teams of their ilk. So we're very confident or let's see, hopeful, hopefully confident that he will join the fold this afternoon. All right. It's been the first time you guys have been on since, uh, the Shy Town Shuffle, let's call it. Um, Justin Scott joined, um, and I don't think many people had the defensive tackle from Chicago booked for the bucket. And then Marquise Lightfoot opted for the son and fun of the U at Miami when we had already discussed him as almost being a guy who had his locker ready at Ohio State. So, Bill, if you can take us through what you think went on with each guy in terms of their decision and how it came down the stretch. And then you can offer up maybe some uh, scouting vibes on the whole ship. Well, uh, two interesting recruitments, no doubt. Um, Justin Scott, the defensive tackle from Chicago. Um, you know, a lot of people had him going to either uh, to, to Miami or, or Notre Dame. Uh, but, um, you know, as his recruitment went through, he made official visits as well to, Michigan and Ohio State. And I had mentioned that I really felt that it was going to be, in the end, a Midwest battle. I thought Michigan, Ohio State, or Notre Dame. I felt it was going to be Michigan or Ohio State if he would make a decision sooner rather than later. But if he waited it out, you know, Notre Dame really thought they were going to get him on campus for an official visit in September when Ohio State plays at Notre Dame. 
as it turns out, he didn't wait it out and ended up choosing between Ohio State and Michigan. And I, you know, again, I thought it was going to be a Midwest battle, just didn't know which of the three. And when it came down to the end, I, you know, I, to be honest, I wasn't sure which way he was going to go, Ohio State or Michigan. And I don't think anybody else was. If you would look, knew that either. Uh, if you looked at all the crystal balls or the other different, uh, uh, you know, systems out there, future Cal, that nobody had him crystal balled or picked to Ohio State. So it was certainly a great uh, addition for Ohio State. You know, he um, uh, let Ohio State know uh, a day or, I think it was a day or two before, maybe two days before that he was picking Ohio State and it was able to be kept pretty much secret till he uh, announced it. And certainly that was great news for Ohio State. Anytime you get a win over Michigan, as well as Notre Dame, that's big. On the other hand, Mike Marcus Lightfoot, that was a, a very interesting story in its own light. Uh, I think virtually everyone on the opposite end of the spectrum had him picked to Ohio State. And I really believe that's where he was going to go. Uh, but a couple things happened. And, you know, the NIL is always involved in these. And, and that happened. And uh, the other thing is, is that, um, you know, uh, everyone pretty much now has Edric Houston picked to Ohio State at defensive end. Um, most people now are picking Dylan Stewart to Ohio State at defensive end. And I think that's something Miami could use. They could use the NIL and, and they could use Ohio State getting other defensive ends uh, in their recruitment of Marcus Lightfoot. Now, even with all that said, Marcus Lightfoot had pretty much decided uh, on the morning of his announcement that he was going to Ohio State. However, <laughs> there was some more uh, thinking to do. As of that afternoon, it wasn't certain that that's what he was going to do. Um, you know, there was even a question mark as to whether he was going to end up announcing that day. But in the end, he talked things over with uh, his coach, his family, everybody involved, and decided that he was going to stay with Miami. But that final news did not come out that he was going to go ahead and go with his announcement and make it until approximately an hour or so before his announcement. And he went ahead and made the announcement for Miami. All right, Mark, if you can put all of this in context, you're a smarter man than me. But we discussed four dudes there, all on the defensive line. Put everyone in context. You've recently kind of broken down Dylan Stewart. Um, you, you've got some feelings on Edric Houston, et cetera. And we also have talked at ad nauseum here about Marquise Lightfoot. And listen, I was a huge Marquise Lightfoot fan. I'm not going to lie. So. I have faith in the staff that they'll be able to pull it off, but maybe put everything in context here, who you like the best, et cetera. Yeah, if they played back uh, our old podcast, we would not be able to deny how much we liked Lightfoot, and for good reason. Uh, Rudolph, I liked him also, and then what we said, those are the guys that are on the, the edge of the defense you need to develop, add weight, and they're the pass rushers. Uh, can't wait to see how those guys turn out. Hats off to them. Uh, Dylan Stewart, I like him just as much. You know, like I put on his film, and uh, as you're watching it here, he plays linebacker in high school, and he's a really good athlete. He's got a lot of versatility. I don't know if uh, Lightfoot and Rudolph could play the linebacker position the way he does, but because he's so big, he's going to be putting his hand down and playing defensive end, 
Then he plays the 3-4 outside linebacker, which is like a defensive end on this tape. He's got the twitch, the burst. And a, a couple of times on film, offensive linemen aren't even touching him because he has the quickness and, you know, the, the ability to run around with him. Or He's a little bit better of an athlete than those other guys are. So it, it's a different type of player. He's got a little more versatility than Rudolph and those guys, but like him just as much. I think at the end of the day, those guys are all top pass rushers. We always say this, you know, Ohio State's always going to have another guy. Uh, when we look at uh, Edric Houston, you know, the defensive end, he's not as twitchy off the edge, but he's 250, 260 pounds. So he's the guy that, you know, if, if there was a guy that had to slide inside sometimes or play a five technique and not truly that edge pass rush guy, he may grow out of that and be a defensive tackle. But he's doing damage from defensive end in high school. He's got that type of pass rush skill set out there. It's just we'll see how that translates when he goes against bigger bodies and he's a bigger body himself. Uh, and, of course, Justin Scott, the guy we got, uh, he's a space eater in the middle. You know, at 6'5 or whatever you're, 6'4, 315 pounds, you see him just eating up. I see him more as maybe a one technique in there where, you know, if you're having trouble getting uh, pushed off the ball, he's going to uh, anchor the point of attack. He's going to have that big, long, you know, wingspan in there. Uh, he absolutely dominates some offensive linemen to the point where I'm questioning the competition. He's blown by these guys. So he can do some other things. I don't know if he's going to be a pass rusher in there as much as some of the other guys, but that might not be his job for what they need to anchor down the middle of that defense. And there's some offensive line clips on there where, you know, the offensive line coaches may want to take a piece of him or there's probably some guys that may have offered him as an offensive lineman because he, he is a, a guy that will pop you. And, you know, when he's pulling a guard, he blows mm. up some people. So, you know, there, there's something to him in his size there. Um, I hope I broke down all four of those guys kind of, you know, so you, people, the layman can understand, you know, what you're kind of getting and the differences. But big guy in the middle is Scott. And then now we're looking at Dylan Stewart as an edge guy. And then uh, what was his name? Oh, Edric Houston, yep. the guy who's playing end now that has the versatility to play end or maybe go inside because of his size. Let, let me uh, interject real quick. Um, Dan and Mark, we, we talked about, JT Tuimoloau and how Mark and I stood next to Tuimoloau at one of the high state camps. Could not believe how big he is now. I mean, he is huge. Now you and, um, so you're you know, saying Mark, now. Now, yeah, yeah. 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 last week or last, two weeks you know, ago. Yeah. Weeks ago at camp, we were raving, Mark and I, and we talked about this on this podcast how big Tuimoloau is right now. Um, and Mark mentioned that Dylan Stewart is a linebacker in a big body. Well, I, I've seen those two side by side, Tuimolo Al and Dylan Stewart. And Dylan Stewart is just as big or bigger looking than Tuimolo Al. It's incredible how big Dylan Stewart is and looks. And again, as Mark said, he's a big guy. Um, you know, with linebacker ability, you know, he's tremendous. What a tremendous prospect Dylan Stewart is. He's a five-star, and he absolutely deserves it. And then the other guy that um, talked about, Mark, Justin Scott, if you look at pictures of him in a basketball uniform, he is not a big, sloppy, fat guy. Not at all. He looks great in a basketball uniform. Um, so, you know, those guys – Stewart and Justin Scott, you talk about the look test, you, you get an A-plus for both of them on the look test. 
Yeah, Justin Scott, if you read his deal, I think he would probably rather be on the hardwood. But uh, 6'5", 305, dude, you're going to get run up and down the court at some point um, in the Big Ten. Let's take a quick break and pay a few podcast bills. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right. We discussed some of the current events. I want to go over if Ohio State's going to finish with the number one class, or at least a class that can stand in the ring with Georgia at the very, very top. They're going to need to have an anchor at every position. Um, I think they've clearly done that. Wide receiver, if you use the top 247, or the, actually let's use the 247 composite, they've got two of the top six receivers. Um, they've got their quarterback, Aaron Nolan, number four. They've got two top 20 running backs. Offensive line, they need an anchor. Line back, a defensive line, we just discussed. They have an anchor there. They already got Justin Scott. Linebacker, they got two guys, but I think they need, I don't know about an anchor, but someone who can kind of uh, headline the group. And then secondary, we will get to that as well. There'll be a very local vibe to that. But let's start with the offensive line, Bill. Brandon Baker, give us the latest. Um it seems like we have a lot of eggs in the Brandon Baker basket. Am I wrong? Well, uh, two baskets, I guess you could say. Um, Brandon Baker and Gerby Lambert. Okay. But I do agree that uh, of the two, I like Ohio State's chances better with Baker. But Gerby Lambert is a – if anybody says they can really read that kid right now, I think uh, – <laughs> Well, I, I don't believe them. Um, you know, his visits are Ohio State, Notre Dame, Boston College, and Harvard. Um, that's not the usual foursome for a five-star offensive lineman. He's an academic kid. He doesn't say much. He doesn't really like the recruiting process. Um, as one person told me, you know, he he just could decide to stay close to home and go to Boston College. Notre Dame has a lot of confidence. Ohio State's been recruiting him. You know, I don't think he's going to go to Harvard. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that. But uh, <laughs> which of those three he's going to, I don't think anybody knows for sure right now. And, you know, we'll see. Brandon Baker, on the other hand, and, and uh, our West Coast guy, Greg Biggins, who knows him really well, even mentioned this. Uh, you know, I've been saying that if I had to pick right now, I would pick for Ohio State with Brandon Baker and, and Greg Biggins. Uh, saw him recently and, and, and talked to him recently, and he said the same thing. It, it, 
kind of intimated that if he had to pick right now, he'd probably go with Ohio State for Brandon Baker. But, you know, we'll see. That one uh, is still a very much a possibility for Ohio State. And either one of those guys would be a great anchor on the offensive line. But uh, Baker, I think, is the better shot right now of the two. Mark, your thoughts on Bay quickly? Yeah, I like Baker a lot. I, I think we should put a lot of eggs in his basket, and I hope we get him. <clears throat> he was the more polished version of the Armstrongs and some of the other guys we got, so I'm, I'm pretty high on him. That breakdown we did, uh, everyone who saw it kind of jumped on the train real quick and said, yeah, with, with the feet he has a tackle and looking for a left tackle, uh, he's the no-brainer at the left tackle right now in this class. Okay, got Peyton Pierce and Garrett Stover at linebacker, but they're in the mix for Kingston Viliamu Asa. I saved you there, Bill. Um, that was really good. Thank you. I practiced. I was up early. Uh, <laughs> Very good. Fantastic prospect. Um, would really give them, I mean, those three in one class, that would give you three really good linebackers in one class, some versatility, really tough kids. I mean, that's obviously what you want on your linebacker. Your thoughts on uh, KBA? Uh, somewhat similar to Baker. If I had to pick right now, I'd go with Ohio State, Notre Dame, and USC still. You can legitimately find confidence in all three camps that they're going to get that young man. And uh, he's a great one. Um, I think Ohio State's got a couple things going for them. First of all, he knows how bad they want him. He was the very first kid in the entire 2024 class that Ohio State offered. They want, they have wanted him at the top of the chart, top of the board from day one, had a great visit, uh, has a great re relationship with both uh, James Laurinaitis and uh, Jim Knowles. Uh, you know, he knows the, the playing time will be there. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons he could pick Ohio State. Um, but USC is working that one really hard. I still think it's going to come down to staying close to home and USC. And there's some family, uh, that would like to see him stay close to home. And, and that's, you know, it's, that's not surprising, but in the end, it's going to be Kingston's decision and we'll see what he makes. But, and by the way, um, Edwin Spielman's still on the board. He hasn't committed to Tennessee yet, even though the crystal balls are for Tennessee, he hasn't committed there yet. So. You know, he is still on the board, too. Mark, your thoughts on KVA? I know you just took a good look at him. Yeah, he's uh, playing on the screen behind me. Uh, I really like the Pierce kid. I, I like when he plays running back in high school, and you see what a great athlete he is running with the ball and the kind of burst and speed he has. I think he's your true Mike. And, of course, I like Stover. I think he's the versatile guy that's got some strong safety in him, maybe some linebacker down the road. But Kingston's my favorite. You turn on the tape. And you see a dog at linebacker. You see a guy that's burst into the ball, sticking his nose on people. Uh, some of those knockdown tackles, not drag down tackles. He's all over the field. You can tell he's a great athlete. Uh, I didn't know he was the first guy that Ohio State offered in this class, but it makes sense that he was that easy of an evaluation where right when you turn off the film, you say, call him and offer him. You know, it's not one of those things like, yeah, we need to maybe watch him or talk to his coach and see if he. Everything I wanted was on film. Uh, he could even be a bad human being, and I like him. That's how good he is. <laughs> so, that sounds like me. Yeah. yeah that, that, so that gives you an indication where it was one of those things where, yeah, I don't care. The tape was everything I need. Just take him, and I hope he's a good saint when he gets here. 
he's got the best name. I mean, his nickname's got to be the King or King something. And also, yeah, his he... name, you Kingston. That's some pressure right there. So, we know, he's been able to deal with that quite well. All right. Lots of questions here from uh, there's a few people that must have had cups of coffee this morning. We'll get as many questions to and some of this week. I hope we covered. This one comes up all the time. Mika Hanna was on fire today. Does missing out on Marquis Lightfoot mean we offer an in-state prospect like Brian Robinson? Or do we push harder for Booker Pickett Jr. out of Florida? William? Uh, well, the, the simple answer right now is no, because they haven't offered Brian Robinson yet. Uh, Lightfoot committed to Miami a few days ago, and there hasn't been an offer yet to Brian Robinson. So could that happen down the road? You know, we'll see. But right now, the answer would be no, they haven't done it yet. Um, and keep in mind, you know, if they get um, Edric Houston and Dylan Stewart, while they wouldn't necessarily, we wouldn't have all three necessarily, <laughs> two five-star defensive ends and a five-star defensive tackle in the class, that ain't bad. So, um, and then Booker Picker is still out there. He has continued to steadfastly tell me, He's going to make an official visit to Ohio State during the season. Mark, do you think there's another guy in the class that they honestly will offer at defensive end um, if they don't get these guys, or do you think they'll just move on to the next class? I think in Ohio there's two names you would look at. Maybe Dominique Kirks out of Villa Angela St. Joseph, you know, if the list got farther down than Brian Robinson. And I like Elijah King out of uh, Gehanna Lincoln. I'm not sure if his grades were there yet, but if his grades were there, he has the length and he'd be a late riser. I mean, those are, if you're asking me the outside shots, uh, you know, Brian Robinson was at the Ohio State camp with no offer and rubbing elbows. So that's always out there. Uh, if you went to defensive tackle, maybe. Um, Ted Hammond went to uh, Michigan and uh, Francis Brew out of uh, Thomas Worthington, I think is headed over to Pitt. Those were a couple of the top defensive linemen in Ohio. Would they – try to get those guys uncommitted if they need another defensive lineman. I'm, I'm spitballing because of the question here, but yeah, I don't know if uh, there's a guy in Ohio, Demetrius John's a great looking defensive tackle who transferred from Westville North to Dublin Kaufman. He was really impressive. You know, so those are the top names. If you know, you get kind of what you're looking for is a, the, through that question. Uh, I think book it, uh, Booker Pickett would be the first natural, like, Hey, let's try to get him. <laughs> And then after that, you yeah, maybe go in-state because you know those guys a little better and see which one you can get the pop. But I, I, I think they'll be fine getting out of state. I guess it's possible some uh, someone could have an incredible senior year too. But um, I get the feeling they're pretty much set there with their uh, want. Bill, you answer this one if you want, or I can take it. What's the rule of crystal balls? I feel like your prediction should not be able to change minutes before commitment and it not counts against you in your predictions. For example, Lightfoot. Um, you're talking to – I don't do the crystal ball. I don't have that kind of juice. You're talking to Bill Kerlick, who's about the most conservative, most conservative crystal baller we have. So I, I tend to agree with you there, but I'm not going to make you answer that. You probably shouldn't change your thing down the I, stretch. I, Go ahead. I, I, I will say a couple things there. Um, when they first started the crystal ball, the idea was that the sooner you got it in, the more points or whatever you got. And if you changed a pick, 
Um, you got dinged for that. Um, you know, what were those ideas came from? Yeah, you got dinged for if if you changed it. And when the crystal ball picks started, uh, you know, I had the philosophy because of well, somewhat because of those things, is that I wanted to make one pick and keep it there. unless a very rare situation came up. And and that's pretty much the way I've done it all along. If you look at my picks, I almost never change a pick. Very rarely. You know, I there is the philosophy that you go with the leader and then if things change, you change your pick and that's fine. That's just but my philosophy is I'm going to get one pick and I'm going to keep it there uh unless uh again something comes up that uh at the last minute. And I will say that in the case of uh Lightfoot, something did come up in the last minute. You know, he was, there was a possibility that uh, he was not going to announce his decision uh, that he, that day when he did, because he was thinking about things, you know, uh, things changed late on that one. Um, but again, you know, I, I don't change picks. Uh, I think my, my uh, percentage of picks changed would be probably as low or lower than anybody in the entire network. I just don't do it very often. In that case, uh, with Lightfoot, some people were posting on the board, well, none of the picks are changed, so he's going to Ohio State. So you have, you know, do you want to go ahead and and change your pick and kind of let people know, or do you want not to? Um, And that was a little bit of the thinking, too, there, is that, you know, I didn't want necessarily people to all think that he was definitely going to Ohio State um, w- when I knew about an hour beforehand that uh, that the pick was not going to be to Ohio State. All right, crystal ball rules, man. People are really fired up about that. I don't dispute that. Uh, I think I, I agree with everyone. You shouldn't be able to change the last seven and not have it affect your percentage. I will still stand by the way I do it. I wait for the Dean and the Fong to roll their crystal balls, and then I uh, go to sleep. Now, that very rarely wakes me up, and these guys ruined my Marquise Lightfoot slumber. But um, it worked out. And Brian Robinson questions, more Brian Robinson questions. Right, here we go. Secondary talk. Last guy. We'll end with this. Bill. Do you think Aaron Scott is a lock to Ohio State? I will say no, because I don't like, I never use, and I do not like the term lock. Uh, To me, there is no such thing as a lock um, commitment. You can always change a commitment. You can change it today. You can change it tomorrow. You can change it the day of the morning of National Signing Day. Uh, to me, the lock comes in when you sign a letter of intent, and I'm not even sure that's a lock anymore. So uh, I don't uh, – I never have. I've done this 36 years, and I've never liked the term lock. So I'm not going to say that he's a lock because I never say anybody's a lock. So he's a mortal lock. <laughs> Mark, you, you felt for a while, though, that Scott was uh, going to be a Buckeye and that – you know, West and Scott would make up arguably the best in-state combo we've had in a long time, don't you think? Yeah, corner, there's no question. And and I think the longer this goes, the truly the more indecision was in the kid's head. You know, a lot of times when these kids know, 
uh, Bill and I have talked to a lot of kids who they're tired of the process. They're, they're tired of the whining and dining if that's possible. And they kind of want to get it over with, but when, you know, it gets strung out, uh, you know, you know, they're going back and forth and boy, I hate to say it, this bag of money we keep talking about is just, I think it weighs heavy on these kids. The decision is, isn't clear cut anymore. Like, Hey, best facilities, best coaches, uh, best record, best schedule. Okay. It's here. Now that stuff doesn't seem like it's the same gravitational pull that it used to be. So it makes you worry in cases like this, you know, why is it taking longer? And, you know, and, and, and talking to my friends in Michigan and, you know, they, they've done a good job recruiting them. I mean, and they've been confident at times. I mean, very confident, but so is Ohio state. And I think just knowing the nature of any visit, the, the bill said it last week the high of the visit sometimes has to wear off you know, to get back down to normal altitude. And I think uh, I've talked to these guys after these visits and they're, they're like, it's a mortal loss. He's coming to Michigan. You know, we, they love it here. We, we love him. And, you know, I, it, that's a tough process. And I don't know where the, this is going to end up, but yeah, I'd be scared if I had a crystal ball in somewhere. <laughs> I, I, I want to make sure nobody thinks that uh, uh, when I say, I, he's not a lock or whatever. That doesn't mean I'm wavering on my thoughts. I still think uh, I still like Ohio State for Aaron Scott. Uh, I I have for a long time. I that, I put that pick in so long ago. I think I think I might have put it in with a chisel on a, uh, a tablet. <laughs> I picked that pick in that long ago. But I you still like that pick, and I still think that uh, Aaron Scott is going to Ohio State. But don't like the term lock. Okay, Bill, let's finish with this. This is going to be the last word. What do you make of the front row theory that because Aaron Scott announcing his decision on his father's birthday and his father is a publicly smart individual that roots for the Ohio State (laughs) Buckeyes, that he would never pull the rug out from Pops? Your thoughts? (laughs) Well... My, my thoughts are let's wait and see what Aaron Scott announces. And again, I, like I said, I continue to like Ohio State there. Uh, but uh, uh, I don't put a whole lot of uh, significance in all that stuff. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's what he decided to do with that's when he wants to make his announcement. And that's what he'll do. And uh, the bad thing is for Ohio State and Michigan fans, that means you got to wait. Let's see. Today is the sixth. That means you got to wait twenty-four more days. I can't imagine a son and a father not knowing where he's going before he tells you on your birthday. I mean, you've had the car rides back and forth. You've had the dinners. Like you know where your son's going. I don't. I doubt it's going to be a surprise to him on his birthday. But I love the reading of the tea leaves to say, wow, wouldn't you make your dad upset on his birthday if you picked his rival team? You know, I, I don't know. That, that's some good uh, homework there, uh, Mr. Rubin. Believe me, it didn't come from me. Uh, these bucknutters get that kind of information. If he was coming from a different uh, area, they'd be on his flight pattern. So we all know how that <laughs> works. We appreciate these guys stopping by. Hope we got to all of your questions. If I interrupted too many times, I apologize once again. We need you to be a subscriber here to the podcast. We even got some comments on here about other podcasts to get more subscribers. That hurts our feelings. You can fix that by subscribing. Have a good one, brothers.